Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, it's April. Hey, it's Caroline, and it's Thirsty Thursday. Surely is. This is your bloody happy hour. So I hope you're thirsty, and maybe even thirsty for some blood. Oh wait, what are who's thirsty for blood? What kind of people are those? Um, blood, bloodthirsty blood people, like vampires. Vamps, vampires yeah. are thirsty for blood. What? Yeah. But what are we? There are bloody buddies, maybe. Yeah, they're like they're like buddies. They're buddies. Bloodies. Bloodies. There are bloodies. That's exactly what they are. That's hey, what I am. Bloodies. Hey bloodies, what's up? What's up? We got a guest here today. We do. Her name is Mary Hannah. You do you think that Jason might listen just because you're here? If he doesn't, I'm gonna make him. <gasps> he has to. He will. I will make him. He's who a, is Jason? He's a camper friend who is number one. He is, let's just say he's a few the things hardest about worker. Jason. He's probably the hardest worker you'll ever see at camp. Love. I mean, he is number one achiever. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. amazing squats. He's just, <laughs> those his burpees, the froggers are. His burpees are impeccable. But is he ever going to listen to this to hear all these compliments? The whole point is he's not listened up until now. But I'm hoping that since Mary Hannah's here talking, he will probably have to listen. Okay. And if he doesn't, then we will no longer be We're his friends. We're not going to be his friends. Then we won't play b- football stuff with him. Then he's yeah. canceled. Mm-hmm. Th- yeah, then he will be hashtag canceled. Well, Kit- Mary Hannah, when I walked in, this is my first time meeting her, but I've heard of her. She's real famous. <laughs> <laughs> Mike was asking you what you do for a living, and I heard relationship maker. Oh. <laughs> so can you tell me about that job? That sounds yes. real interesting. You it's said, a, I make relationships I make and I relationships. put money in the bank. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, is this is she a madam? Yes. But another yes, word I, uh, for, uh, what do you call the mama? The, the madam, right? The madam. It's the yeah. Mama. Madam Mary Hannah. Mm, sounds great. Wait, is, wow. there, is there more no. in name right now? Mm. I think it's madam. Okay. I mean, I will. So, so, so is Mary Caroline's banker. madam is the question everybody has. Yes, yes. Yep, she's my relationship maker. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew it's I had It's working out one. really well. Yeah, it's, it's working out really well. I mean, we're both in amazing relationships. <laughs> single. <laughs> Mary Hannah's recently single. Yes. Oh, recently single. Yes. Like, 
like the other day. Like literally like like a week recently. That's why she failed at the bartender job. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So remember a couple episodes. And she doesn't live here, so she I don't I guess she's off work. I'm in Leander. No, I'm on vacation this week, but I was in Fort Worth. Oh, oh. <laughs> and so I had to like rush to get here. Traffic she on thirty five. She wanted was... to spend her vacation with us. Yes, April? I am. Yes. Oh. I've also been begging to be on this podcast for a long time because <laughs> <laughs> you know we're that famous. So what we put on our podcast podcast couple episodes ago is that bartenders, we are welcoming you to come and mix us some drinks, bring us some drinks. You can be on the show and listen to a great story. And Mary brought us some drinks. So Mary, she mixed up a great concoction. <laughs> it's actually pretty original. Can you say Mary Hannah? Because it's yeah, weird it that weird. it's just oh, Mary. Mary just, Hannah yeah. brought us some Truly. Yay! She did. She so is. I'm drinking a blueberry. At, I never know how to say Acai. that. Acai. Acai. So another thing is... a. Several times that I've got when I'm like out of town or whatever, she'll come over and watch my dogs. Oh, but the great thing is, most every time <laughs> that she leaves, she leaves behind either like amazing cookies or like a <laughs> refrigerator full of drinks Ooh. because and it's the also, drinks I don't like. And <laughs> also, and I'm like, it's fine, I love them, all and of them. She sometimes even has slumber parties without me, and then I'm like, bitch, let me come over and help and be part of these slumber parties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a great. slumber party tomorrow, actually. Oh. I have a BFF slumber party with my best friends from high school, from forever. We used to do it like once a semester, but we ain't done it in a while. So it's tomorrow on the back porch, and it's Halloween-themed. Oh, fun. So I got to find some Halloween pajamas. And really all we do is just drink, drink, eat chips and dip, my two favorite things, two favorite and things to do, and well, laugh. I love it. It sounds like it's going to be a good time. So here's what's going to be fun. So so since April doesn't really know Mary Hannah very well, and um, you out there don't probably know her very well either. I'm put her in the hot seat? I'm oh, putting her in the hot seat. Do it. And nobody knew about this except for me. So <laughs> I'm asking her just three. These are like completely random questions. Just this is probably why I'm single because I would probably ask these questions so to okay. like people. But they're they're totally random. They make no sense. Okay. So the first question is, were you ever given porn as a child? <laughs> oh my god, my mom would like scream right now because there's a lot no. of killers that we've talked about lately who were given porn as a child. So I just wanted to make no. sure that you aren't part of that category. No, definitely okay, not. definitely. Okay, we gotta know. So, question two, and I asked April this recently: if you were murdered. And your story was going to be told. Would you? Who would you want it to be told by? So if you were like on Dateline or oh. Twenty Twenty or Forty Eight Hours, who would you want to? I mean, do you want me to give you some options? I think Twenty Twenty. Okay, really but like who them. do you oh, want to tell? I don't know it? The because names, though. let me give you some names. Okay. Like I was oh, she's like, she's got hers planned <laughs> out. Keith Morrison. I mean, he <laughs> has that voice. I can't even impersonate it if I tried. But go listen to him. Okay. Listen. Pull up a little clip of Keith Morrison, or, or like Diane Sawyer, or that you know April's. I think this might be April's. Is Barbara Walters? Barbara, I she said can Barbara. Come back. She Diane. can come back. Didn't Katie Couric do something like that too? I don't know. She got this book out now. I think I'd like Andrea Diane Sawyer. Kaney. Koenig. She's a new one out there. She's out there doing it. Or Walt. What's that? Uh, Walter Holt. Holt. Yeah. Lester, Lester, Holt. Holt. Lester Holt. Why is he trending right now? 
uh, he gives he does a lot of the episodes. Yeah. Okay. Um, he can do it. Wait, I need to add to that. She so if you murdered and they made a movie about it, mm. who would you want to play you? Oh, <gasps> I know. It's the girl from. She's on like show. Confessions of a Shabbat. No, the something. show was with Probably. it was real popular last last year, and it was a the black guy who got with the white girl, and it was like back in the back in the oh my gosh, it Bridgerton? Was like, Bridgerton, Bridgerton, Bridgerton. Oh, there's yeah. a girl. She's, she, yeah, I mean she's she, pale, red hair like me. <laughs> yes, is yeah. that what it was? Yes, yeah, that would be good. Yes. That's good. That's good. I don't know mm-hmm. her name, but she look needs, her up. I bet no, you I know who her. you're talking about, but uh, she needs to be a little bustier. Oh, she's, she's real flat chested. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll stuff her yeah. bra. Yeah, that, that can, I'm sure they can fix that. Okay, and my last question. Now, this is really random, and it's just probably because I listen to random. Her name is Phoebe. Phoebe. Denever. 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 Phoebe Denever. Okay, look it up. That's who's going to play her. Um, This is so random. If whenever you go get like a massage, what type of massage do you do like? I get under the sheet butt naked or I get under the sheet with underwear? Definitely underwear. Oh. I'm very comfortable. I get under their butt naked. I'm very <laughs> uncomfortable with that. I was listening to a podcast and she was like, this guy had me up on that table. He was like trying to do yoga with me. And it was like, oh, no, what are we trying to do, Michael? No, no, no. Like it was uh-uh. it was interesting. But she was talking about how she got in there butt naked. And the person she was talking to was like real shocked about that. That she was naked? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what, you, what do if you, you don't wear underwear? That's the whole thing. Like, I know. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, that's why I just. Wear what underwear. is your answer? Um, so, m- a lot of time I don't wear underwear. Oh, okay. So then it'd be bucket naked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I think it just depends. Like, the set, how comfortable I am, yeah. how much wine I they t- gave I me before. Did. Oh, yeah. They yeah, give yeah. you wine? Well, I just. Well, it depends. You know, when you go to those little $10. Corner ones that oh, don't give you the wine. Hey. When you get a happy ending at the end, Caroline, <laughs> they, they don't, don't give you wine. wine. <laughs> the one time that it was like almost a two-hour massage, which, I mean, what, it's either 50-minute, 90-minute, 30-minute, like, no. But oh, didn't that guy offer Marquise, massages? you know, he didn't that, gave that two hours. He just kept going. He was enjoying that. He kept talking about how muscular my legs were. <laughs> you got a leg fetish. <laughs> I did not complain. <laughs> we are starting off our serial killer month. Who is excited? We're not. We're doing B team. Which, yeah. I mean, I don't know. This person could be. But we're, we're not doing, like, the heavy hitters. The famous, famous, like, the BTK and yeah. the Ted Bundy and the John Wayne Gacy. So you're not going to hear Je- uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, who's my favorite, because oh. we're going to wait when we could do a deep dive Did on you him. know, or is this true, that he, like, like injected stuff into this guy's... Yeah, that's what I tried to tell you at the last podcast, where he wanted to make him as... He I know, said but sex I didn't, slaves, but he lobotomized them. I or know, tried he to. injected stuff into their into oh their brain, God. and it made them, like, brain dead, I guess, to where they couldn't talk, and he would tell the police, like, oh, that's, that's, that's just my friend, and he doesn't know he's drunk, and he just took him back to his house and stuff. Yeah, that he did that, too. I've never, All like, right. done a deep dive into him, but... So, of course, I know who he is because, remember, my brother was named after him. (laughs) How could I forget? So, we're not going to do Ted Bundy. That's Caroline's (laughs) favorite. She's going to do that later. Because I was married to him. Hello. (laughs) So, can you tell us yet? Okay. Let me just start off by saying 
in so you're gonna die. Wait, y'all, I don't even know. No, she who doesn't it is. know. She wouldn't tell I don't me. know how if you're gonna I don't know what you're actually I'm pretty sure you know who it is, but I mean you know the guy when I say his name. But in September two thousand four, an ordinary guy, loving husband, was found hanging in his niece's garage. But the scene that the police would find inside the house was so horrifying that it had even seasoned officers running outside the house and vomiting. I think I know who it is. Go. Charlie Brand. Yes. Okay. He was one of my first. He was one of my first. Well, my one of my first podcasts, not my first. Y'all, this and and from what I remember, like it it's it was it's more intense actually having like deep diving into it than it was from when I remember from just listening to it. But oh my gosh, hold on to your butts as Morbid says. As Morbid says. <laughs> hold on to your butts. Charlie Brant and his wife Terry were living the, you know, seemingly perfect life in uh, Big Pine Key, Florida. So they're just off the keys of Florida. <sighs> Are you want to go there? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like the southernmost portion of Florida. And Charlie had lived in Florida for most of his life. Like, from around age 15 to, like, adulthood. He had a short break in there where he, like, worked in the Bahamas for a little bit. Living the life? Living the life. So he was an engineer, and he worked as a radar blimp specialist. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Don't know. (laughs) Is that, like, those Goodyear blimps? Maybe. I I think he – oh, it's – this is what I do. I always know, and then – I. He would intercept drugs from being shipped into the U.S. That's what they did. So Terry and Charlie were married for 18 years. And so this was the type of marriage that made people, like, disgusted and sick because it was like they were so perfect. Uh Uh-huh. Just too perfect. So, like, friends would even say, this is a quote, like, they would make each other's lunch every day and they would say lunch made by the one who loved you tastes so much better was this jason <laughs> <laughs> oh jason <laughs> makes lunches our friend jason <laughs> like makes them like come like he literally lasagna. makes his kids lunch every day for school like mm. he has to go home and make lunch Does he stay home dad no no like so I, I volunteer to kill his family basically. Basically, <laughs> basically Jason's a murderer. Listen, if they seem too perfect, it's all bullshit. I agree. It's all bullshit. And listen, so many people wanted the type of marriage that they I'm had. I'm gonna need Jason's last name after the podcast just so I can watch for articles. <laughs> so September two thousand four was a very memorable memorable time for the people in Florida because they were having to evacuate for Hurricane Ivan. So Charlie had to like board up the house. You know, he did not want to go. Like they were having to evacuate. He didn't want to go. He was told to board up the house, which he did with like such precision. So he's an engineer. So we like perfectly cut the boards to like shape the door. He made like perfect little holes for the doorknobs and he left the house like in perfect, pristine condition. Oh, so OCD too. Absolutely. So they, he didn't expect for them to be gone for that long. Like he just thought it was stupid for them to have to leave anyways. He was over it, but his wife, Terry was like insistent on it as was her family. So she had some family that lived in Orlando. So that was just like a, I think it was like a 
three to four hour drive from where they lived. So mm. they were going to drive and they were going to stay with Terry's niece, Michelle. Got all these names? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they they made the drive to Orlando and they were like, we'll just go down there, stay a couple of days and we'll come back, whatever. But little did either of them know that once they got in the car to make the trip to Orlando, they would never be coming back to their house in the Keys again. What? I know. So they the night that they got in, uh, one of Michelle's friends, we know who Michelle is. Niece. Denise. Yeah. So one of Michelle's friends was supposed to come over and visit. So like several of her friends knew Aunt Terry and Uncle okay. Charlie, right? Mm -hmm. It was common for her friends to come over and visit them whenever like they came into town. So the the first night they just kind of got to drinking a little too much and like Terry and Charlie started arguing. And so Michelle called her friend. She's like, Hey girl, like, no, nah, probably don't come over today or tonight because you know, they're like arguing, but they're going to be in town for a few more days. So just wait and come over then. See perfection plan perfection, but they're really crazy. I know. So the next few days are uneventful. Um, apparently Charlie leaves and make the, sh makes a short trip to see his dad and younger sister, Jessica, who also lived nearby in Florida. And um, it's actually Jessica who ends up telling us that Charlie kept saying, like, he didn't want to be in Orlando. He thought it was stupid that they, that they left their house. And it was all Terry's idea. And he just wanted to go, go home. Oh. All he wanted to do was go home. He wanted to sleep in his own bed. He wanted to go home. He wanted to drown by Hurricane Ivan. Basically. So Have you never left home before? <sighs> That's weird. I feel like, based on the end of it, maybe he knew what he was going to do. do. And, Ivan and he was up. out of his yeah. element of mm -hmm. what he had been used to doing, oh, and he couldn't, like, fulfill his need. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just my thought. So, uh, he, so Jessica's like, it, it seems very strange on how insistent he was about getting home as soon as possible. Like, that was so weird. But then as he's leaving, she also thought it was very weird because when he left, he gave her this, like, big, like, intense hug, like, this embrace that was like, I love you. I love you so much. Almost like you would never see her again. Mm. Mm. You don't think about that stuff till afterwards. Exactly. Huh? So she felt like it was pretty intense. So Charlie and Terry were planning on leaving Orlando, going back to their house on September 12th. Their bags were packed. They're sitting by the door. Like they're ready to leave at any moment, right? But suddenly Charlie decides that he wants to stay just for one more night. Just one more night. Just one more night. And which is like, okay, like, she's like, sure, I guess if you want to say that, that's no big deal. I'd love to spend more time with yeah, her. Yeah, doing niece. all this bitching. Yeah. I change yeah. your mind. So this brings us to September 13th. So Michelle and her mom, which is Terry's sister, okay, they talk okay. on the phone daily. The, her name is Mary Lou. So Mary. Why are these Mary names? Oh, <laughs> always an issue. I have a sister named Mary Charlene. It's always an extra name. I'm going to try not to repeat who everybody is because I do that sometimes and it's too much. So, do you want to? No, no, no. We need a refresher. Okay. So, Michelle and her Michelle and her mom, Mary Lou. Uh -huh. So, Mary Lou and Terry, your sisters, 
Michelle's Mary Lou's daughter. So Mary Lou and Michelle talk on the phone almost daily, if not daily. And so Mary Lou calls Michelle and Michelle doesn't answer and she doesn't really think too much of it. And, you know, she calls her again the next day, but she doesn't answer again. She doesn't like send back a text or nothing. But then she calls her again the next day and she still doesn't answer. So then the mom is like starting to kind of panic. She's like, Mm, this, this ain't is normal. not normal at all. She normally calls back, sends it something. So mom calls a friend of Michelle's named Debbie because Debbie, Debbie lives close by. And Michelle has like a tight group of friends who they all like share keys uh-huh. to each other's okay. houses. Um, and circle comes back. So they, yeah, so they have keys to each other's houses and so she, Debbie ends up, she's like, hey, and she explains to Michelle, I mean, she explains to Debbie, Michelle is not answering the phone, like Terry and Charlie are over there visiting, and I don't, like, nobody's answering, I don't know, can you just go over there and check on them just to see if everything's okay, it's been a couple of days. She's probably like, Charles a little sus, Charlie's she, a little sus, she I don't trust was. him, I'm gonna need you to go check on him. So she Debbie's like yeah no problem I head right over so she Debbie pulls into the driveway and she sees that both cars are there and she's like well they're all home well she walks to the front door she starts knocking on the door so there (coughs) so she's knocking on the door and there and she like tries to listen she's like there's no answer she's like there's no noise it's weirdly silent and it's the middle of the day, so that's so very odd. Like, there's no activity. There's no movement. And, like, they have a pool in the back, so she's she doesn't hear anything. So she, she has a key, so she grabs her key, and she goes to unlock the front door. But the key doesn't work. It gets stuck. Huh. And she... Probably, like, Florida weather, and it's always... Very humid. Yeah. Very humid, very yeah. muggy, so they're... For some reason, the key gets stuck. This is important. So she goes and she um, walks around the house. She's like banging on the windows. She's like, Michelle, Michelle. She's like calling her name and still nothing. So she keeps walking around the house and she goes towards the garage, which the garage is made completely out of glass. So you can see right through it. And what she sees will be ingrained in her brain forever. It's Michelle's Uncle Charlie hanging from the top of the garage by a bed sheet. What? Hanging. Charlie. So she immediately calls 911. When the police arrive, they end up using Debbie's key to get into the house. So the key works. Yeah. It's just almost like a complete fluke and a blessing that it did not work for her based on what I'm about to tell you that the police found inside the house because it's awful. Do we need to take a drink? Definitely. Everybody. Mayor Hannah, do you know this story? No. Okay. No. Do you know exactly what? Oh. I know I know some of the details. I don't know all of it. and heard it in a long time. So take, I'm ready. You better take some drinks so it was a complete blessing that the key didn't work i mean this crime scene had the police completely 
shook. And let me tell you, we're in Florida, okay? Yo. It takes a lot. It to, takes a <laughs> lot <laughs> to shake. I mean, they probably see, like, people wrestling alligators naked and stuff, like weird <laughs> shit. But, you know. So inside the home, they find Terry slumped over the couch. She has seven stab wounds in her chest, which is, this is the wife. They make their way into Michelle's bedroom, and they expect to find her the same way. But when they open the door to her bedroom, they said it was. They said the scene was so gruesome and horrific that the police, like I said, ran out of the house just to throw up. So they go back in, and they said that Michelle's cause of death was determined by one fatal stab wound. So that was her cause of death. Okay. It was stab wound to her chest. However, her but her body was placed on the bed. Okay. So after she was deceased, she was then decapitated. And her head was placed next to her body as if made to watch the things that were going to be done to her body. Her breasts were severed. Her body was cut open. Her organs, including her heart, had been removed, removed and displayed around her body while her intestines were put in the trash. The room was then littered with her underwear and bras from Victoria's Secret, which we find out a little bit later about Charlie's little obsession. Signature, maybe? With Ooh. his obsession with Victoria's Secret and with Michelle. And that's his Ooh. daughter, right? No, his niece. Oh, his niece. His niece. Sorry, my bad. It's all right. So immediately when the friends and family are told what happened, they're all so confused. They're like, what? Like, they're like, who would do this to these three people? So they're thinking there's three murders, right? So they're saying, I mean, you're seeing, like, they're thinking that Charlie is a victim as well. Uh-huh. So police are like, no, no, nay, nay. <laughs> this was a murder-suicide, and it was committed by Charlie because do you want – because. Because there's no signs of a struggle. Yeah. There's no signs of a break-in. And the family is completely shocked, baffled, confused. They're like, Charlie and Terry have been married for almost 20 years. There's 20 never been, years? It was like 18 years. Yes. Never, never been trust any anybody. signs of Charlie being a crazy person or like that he was going to murder his family. And police came to this conclusion. Conclusion based on the manner of death that Charlie had killed Terry Michelle and then he killed himself. So it's like, and then the the murder weapon was from the house. It was a knife that was, it was like one of Michelle's knives. And apparently it was like Terry was, I think he thought, I think he may have thought that like Terry was like slowly catching on to what he was to like his, like the stuff that he was doing, which I'll tell you more about after we take our little break. But like what he did was he killed he killed Terry first and hit he stabbed her seven times, but like in quick succession. So it's like you know, just okay. like super, just to get her out of the just way. Just to get her out of the way. And then he went and like spent time with Michelle. Ew. I know. I was know. Was it hate or obsession? Obsession. Oh. Uh. Yeah. 
It was very. How old was it Michelle? It was very uh, thirty-seven. I think she was thirty-seven or thirty-eight. It was very um, precise and careful dismemberment. It was meticulous. It. They said it took time. It took thought, and it wasn't frantic. It was not a violent mm. rampage. Organized, and that even her clothes were taken off and put in a bathroom sink. So like, he killed her. Took her clothes off. He didn't just like throw shit on the floor. Yeah. Like he picked it up, brought it over to the sink. Like he was very, very careful about. It. He knew what he was doing. It. They said it was just. It was just so clean. That's and why I don't trust OCD people. Here's the thing: as police started their investigation, the first thing they did was pull Charlie's records, but they were completely clean. So they're like. He's never had an arrest. He has no fingerprints on record. Like, nothing at all is head-turning. Nothing. So they're thinking he's a family annihilator at this point. They, like just yeah, they have no idea. But once Charlie's older sister, Angela, is called in to talk to police, they find out something has been hidden from his record. And Angela tells police... That Charlie has murdered before. Hello, hello, ghouls, ghosts, goblins, and everything in between. Welcome to Across the Veil with host Emma and Zelda. We're two amateur cryptozoologists on a mission to explore the things that lie beyond. Beyond what? I, I, I don't know. The, the veil? It, it just sounds poetic and mysterious. True. <laughs> Learn about cryptids, folklore, monsters, and things that are just kind of haunted. Anything that seems a little otherworldly and strange. Just like us. <laughs> New episodes out every Thursday on all of your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at across.the.veil and Twitter at acrosstheveil1. We hope you join us next time. Across the Veil. Go back to um, their the childhood of Charlie and Angela. So police are convinced that Angela's confused because they're like, there's nothing in the records that show previous murder. And Angela's like, no, you won't have his records. They've been sealed. Because whenever he killed, he was He's only 13 mm -hmm. when he murdered our oh, mother. Oh, hell. So Angela goes on to tell police that when she was 15 and Charlie was 13, they lived with their parents and two younger siblings. Now, the other siblings were like toddlers. They were like two or three, and they lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Everything happens I know. in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I just There's nothing else to do there. Except so murder. many murder. stories are in Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's crazy. So on January 3rd, 1971... Around It was just after 9 p.m. Angela was, like, reading a book in her room. Her mom was taking a bath because her mom at this time is eight months pregnant. <coughs> and she's taking a bath because He's she's jealous. I'm ready for you to diagnose this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so she's, like, taking a bath because, you know, she's probably ready to have that baby. And the dad was shaving. So all of a sudden she hears her father yell, Charlie, don't. Charlie, stop. And she says, like, Charlie walked into the bathroom, 
while his father was shaving, shot him once in the back. He went down, then stood over her mother and shot and fired five shots into her body and killed her. Just straight up. Oh, my God. So she says the last thing that Wait, she... Wait, how old was he? 13. 13. And she the gun wasn't locked at the whole time? Uh-uh. Mm. And who was yelling, stop, the daddy? The dad. It's okay. like, Charlie, no, Charlie, stop. Because he, I guess, saw saw him out of the corner of his eye and like was like, oh, what are you, you know, like, what are oh. you doing? So, like, Angela said the last thing that she remembered was hearing her, like, parents yell or dad yell, Angela, call the police. But she didn't have time to even, like, come out of her bedroom before she knew the next thing Charlie is standing in her doorway with the gun in his hand. Oh, God. She remembers he pointed the gun at her, and she heard a click as he pulled the trigger. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the gun misfired. This kid is crazy. So the next Born thing, crazy. the next thing she remembers after that is that her and Charlie were like physically fighting, and she's like trying to calm him down, and she's like telling him like how much I, she's like I love you, I love you, Charlie. Why are you doing this, Charlie? Stop, Charlie. I love you, I love you. And then all of a sudden, she said like she just saw the this this glazed look in his eye, and she saw it just disappear. Go away. Oh. And she said it's as as it's as if he snapped out of some kind of trance he was in. Wow. So he he then asks her, what did I do? What did I do? What happened? And she's like, I don't know, but get off me. You just shot our parents. Like, get off. And, and he's just asking over and over, like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And at this point, Angela's like totally freaked out. She All she wants to do is get away from him and go get help, but she knows that she needs to calm him down before, like, she does anything. So she's like, hey, you need to go upstairs and check on the girls, like the babies, and, like, let's go somewhere else, but they need to have, like, it's cold because it was, like, snowing outside. She's like, you need to go up there and, like, let's get, get them some blankets. blankets, and then we'll go, but, like, go check on them. And he's like... Starts walking up the stairs, but he's walking backwards. Like, because he's walking so he can, like, keep his eye Watch on her. her. And so he's, like, slowly walking over and over. He's like, you're not going to leave me. You're not going to leave me. Promise you won't leave me. Promise you won't leave me. And he's just, like, saying it over and over and over. And she's, like, assuring him that she's not. And then once he's out of sight, she just bolts out the door. And she runs to the neighbor's house. And she's in her, she's, like, screaming. She's in her bloody, like, nightmare, I mean, nightmare, bloody nightgown. Uh And she runs over to the neighbor's house. She, like, bangs on the door. Nobody answers. And at this point, like, Charlie's, like, already coming after her. Just, I think he's just, like, where are you going? Where are you going? He's after she stops at that first house. Nobody answers. She goes to the next house. And then Charlie ends up making it to the first house that she originally went to and just calmly knocks on the door. And 16-year-old Sherry Radcliffe answers the door. And all that Charlie says is, Sandy, I just shot my mom and my dad. Very calmly. Very no calmly. Emotion. No emotion. Nothing. So, wait, who, who is <coughs> Sandy's the neighbor? So she's Sherry. Oh, 
<laughs> okay, okay, this Sorry. makes more sense now. I was like, what? <laughs> I probably wrote it wrong. <laughs> Sandy. Oh, yeah, it's Sandy. Sandy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. learning to read too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So this little this little six year old girl, and so so Charlie's dad ends up surviving the incident. The mother and the unborn child do not, and uh, reports of the murder were like portrayed like some freakish crime it was like this quiet kid and the last kid you would ever suspect that would shoot anyone much less kill his mother because it's always the quiet ones too apparently he was very close to his mother and he was referred to as a mama's boy gross was she pregnant with (laughs) a boy or girl do we know i don't i could never but that's the thing if you're a mama's boy you would you would not s- suspect he would do that. I could never to his mom, like yeah. Dirty Chad was is like so close to his mom. Yeah, like his mom is okay. Side note: so Dirty Chad's mom ha- is ha- is having or while we were married was completely a hundred percent having an affair with somebody. Uh-huh. And he like even had a name like. They called him a different, they called him like a uh, papa. A fake name. Yeah, yeah they called oh. him a fake name. Like the Christmas. Or, yeah. yeah. And so Dirty Chad's little boy knew the guy's name and was like, hey, are we going to call like Uncle Papa or whatever? And like, it was, it's so weird how, like, how the mom and the son ha- knew about this like secret affair and kept it going. Like, didn't, it was just, it's just very strange. Wow. Very strange. But anyways, the whole point was, mama's boy, you typically, you're going to do anything for your mama. You're going to let them get by with anything because you're mama boy. But April, you have a good point because if she, she was, was pregnant, pregnant with a boy, because yeah. the others are all girls. The two little ones were a girl. Then there was the other girl. Yeah. They were, I, yeah, I don't that's know. That's a good point. You should look it up. I'm, I'm sure she will. I'll I'm sure it. she will right now. <laughs> so, but then Charlie if he's Brandt, a sociopath, he can't even like make those. Well, Charlie, have genuine connection, anyways. He underwent three separate psychological. You're not allowed to be on your phone. Mm-hmm. No, nope, she's looking it up. You're not allowed. <laughs> Charlie underwent three separate psychological evaluations. The psychiatrist said. That they were looking for signs and symptoms of, like, serious mental illness issues, something that would come up to explain this behavior, but they found nothing. Like, he did good in school. He didn't get in trouble. He loved his family. His family said he was a loving kid. There was nothing to diagnose. Nothing. And so they just, like, maybe he just snapped for no apparent reason. So what's crazy is, according to... So this is back in 1971. So according to Indiana law back then, I guess a minor, which was Charlie, who was a 13-year-old boy, was too young to be held criminally responsible for his crime. So he was never charged for murder. He was never brought to trial. And instead, he was sent to a psychiatric hospital where he stayed for just over a year because... The strange part is his dad fought to get him yeah, released. Yeah, okay, I remember that part. So his mm. dad fought to get him released, and like it's like, dumbass, leave your kid in there and let the professionals decide when he needs to be released. Yeah. No. So he gets released because the dad fought for it. Then Charlie's dad, 
moves the whole family to Florida. To Florida. Cause it, it, they'll accept anybody in Florida. <laughs> yes. Except for Singleton. Laura except Singleton. for Laura Singleton. So they move him to Florida because that's where Charlie's grandparents live. Oh. I can't believe he didn't kill his grandparents, but he did not. Spoiler. So he moved him they moved to Indiana or they moved to Florida. So because everybody in Indiana knew about the whole story, so they're like, maybe this will like help Charlie like start over because you know maybe and it did it literally sure did. it literally did. So, but this is the weird part. Within one year, within a year, the dad remarries, and then he moves his new wife and the rest of his family back to Indiana, but he leaves Charlie there with the grandparents. He's like setting these grandparents up to be killed. <laughs> these poor grandparents. You can't kill my new family, but you know, yeah, they're up in age like, anyway. Like, I don't want I don't want Charlie to They've kill my, my new wife. <laughs> so to make matters worse, like the dad never even spoke to Charlie about what happened. Like he never asked him, like, hey Charlie, why'd you shoot me? What? Why'd you shoot mama? <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to know why you shot mama, why you shoot me. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. What was what, the reason? Charlie, what were you thinking? No. No. Charlie, can I get an apology? No. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. None. Zero. Absolutely nothing. Unacceptable. But he is just, he just accepted it like nothing happened. And this is also crazy. Even Charlie's two younger sisters, they were too young to remember the incident that happened. They never knew what happened. They were never told about their mother's death. They were told, like, she died in, like, a car accident or something. Oh, wow. So they never knew. It was just so crazy how no one spoke about this incident. They just pretended like it never happened just so he could live this normal life. And then for a long time, Charlie, like, it it was almost like. It It was almost, yeah. It was almost like they were trying to prove, like, that a child can change. Like, they shouldn't be punished like adults. And that because they aren't fully developed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so. That's a good and the bad side of, because kids do do stupid shit. Yeah. You don't want them to take to their adulthood. But like that's double, or that's murder and attempted murder. Yeah. And really you tried to kill your sister. But a double murder because of the unborn fetus. Well, oh, and she, he also tried to kill the sister, but the gun misfired. Yeah. yeah. So, so it would have been. That's two like attempted two attempted murders, murders and then a double murder. See? Don't go to Fort Wayne, Indiana, Indiana. or Florida. So, <laughs> go to Florida. Shoot, I'm going to Florida in January. <laughs> just, just don't, don't stay, stay long. long. <laughs> I love me some Florida, but I ain't going to live there. So, you know, so then at this point, everybody's questioning whether, like, it's true or not, whether, you know, if you cha- if you can if you can change, if what happens in your childhood, like, will carry over to your adulthood, because back in the day, they were like, it can change, and that's why you're not going to be, like, yeah. held <coughs> prosecuted but for then it. i can see if they kept him in a home or like in the mental facility until he's 18 that gave him like time to maybe do some behavior modification and true counseling nope but for a year mm-hmm. one year Mm-mm. but why did the daddy want to get him out so bad because he, did he not want the maybe the dad maybe like, the daddy was molesting i did yeah i, I remember thinking about that like did he tr- maybe he would actually tell the counselors what happened and what triggered him to do that so dad was like let me just go and then that's why he left him 
Maybe. It, I don't know. So fast Conspiracy forward. theories. I know. Fast <laughs> forward to, I wish we had a sound effect that could be like, dun, dun, dun. Conspiracy. My mind I already it. went dun, to. Dun, dun, dun. There you go. <laughs> My mind already went to. <laughs> My mind already went to because I always got to go way extravagant. What if Charlie didn't even do it and the six sisters actually the one who staged in the story and then killed the parents mm. and then made Charlie look or it bad been and the then dad? killed Charlie? Yeah, mm. maybe the baby wasn't <laughs> the yes. baby was black. Oh shit! She went to Blacksville. <laughs> she got she, that, she got the upside down pineapple and the black ring. <laughs> the red <Damn>. mulch. <laughs> the red mulch. Not the red mulch. <laughs> <sighs> so we fast forward to 2004, and now police have some sort of motive based on Angela's story that at least provide. Like where this, like that there was some darkness in Charlie all of these years and it has just finally resurfaced. But then police are to question, they're like, what did he do over these past 33 years? Because the mutilation that he did to Michelle's body was so precise and so neat. Like this could not be the first time he's done this to somebody. And now the real question that police need to answer is, how many victims did Charlie have over the years when he was pretending to be normal? Nobody is that normal. Exactly. So they probably like emailed police departments. Is there email back then? Oh, and they were not. like, do you have any victims who are missing their head and missing their boobs? They probably and sent letters right with the stamps that I have. They they <laughs> sent letters with, with stamps. Stamp labels that I have. <laughs> <laughs> and they all came shouted right. out caroline you were so stupid <laughs> no but she's like you're so fucking dumb yeah. <laughs> and then they all the letters came right back to the police department because they were labels because they were stamps. labels <laughs> you know i went home right afterwards and i was like oh damn this show is labels <laughs> that's exactly how i said it too <laughs> show is <laughs> I can't talk any other way. So they started to look more into Charlie's teen life, like his teen life to his adulthood. And then they started to piece together different stories from everyone that was in his life. And they put together a very disturbing picture. I'm going to introduce some more people, so pay attention. So his sister, so his sister Angela told police that even though she forgave Charlie, she was still like super scared of him. Like anytime he wanted to come visit her, she would sleep with her door locked and barricaded. I mean, that's like intense. I know. She also did not want him around her kids at all. I wonder when they finally told her the truth. No, this is Angela. This is the sister. So this who, is the sister that he tried to kill. Right? Yes. Yes. So and she still knew. Oh, so the, the other house? sisters grew up thinking the parent mama got in a wreck. Because you were like, they yes, told, yes, okay, the, the other siblings. The, yeah, yeah. So, so the, they were still living in the same house. So, the yeah, what? When they moved to Florida. When they moved to Florida, they were all living in the same house, yeah. right? But oh. then they moved back. You know, that other family moved back, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so Angela's the older one who's Charlie's age. Yeah. And the younger one, one of them is named Jessica. Okay. That's the only name I have. For. But anyway, so like anytime he went to see Angela, the older one, like she still was always super freaked out because she was almost killed by him. How can you have a relationship and I don't, with somebody? I don't know why she never said anything about it. I, I, there's had to have been something weird going on, but we don't know. But also other people in his life 
like his friends and his coworkers said that they like these are the weird stories that they had about him. He would never refer to Michelle, which is Terry's niece. He would never refer to her by her real name. So if he was ever telling a story about her, he would use the nickname that he gave her, which was Victoria's Secret. Oh, and my God. Now, Terry, that you oh. should not have let that fly. I don't know if she knew. But you said when she referred, when he referred to her. He I'm, referred to I don't know if he just, re- well, I'm just, this is how my yeah. brain works. I don't. What I read was he. This is what coworkers and friends, oh, which I don't know okay. if she knew. Uh, we don't know, but they should have sent a letter with stamp <laughs> to <laughs> Michelle's mama and said, "This is the his same. uncle. You're gonna uncle. die." Listen, it gets worse. So, for those who don't know, Victoria's Secret. This is the same brand of underwear Hashtag sponsored. Hashtag, oh my God. (laughs) It's the same brand of underwear that was scattered around her body. And this is also the same magazine that Charlie had a subscription to. Terry, girl, you should have known about that. Turns out, uh, Cherry, I'm going to call him Cherry. Charlie (laughs) (laughs) had been secretly infatuated with his own niece, which we know. So in addition to this, inside Charlie's house, back in the Keys, right, they found some interesting and very odd things. So they found some medical books, including an anatomy book. Oh. And this is the other thing. Posters, right? Yeah. So they found that. They also found um, within that anatomy book was a newspaper clipping that showed a human heart. And then it was odd because, like, they never worked in, like, neither of them worked in the medical field. But what they, what officers said that they found the strangest thing was that they found this poster that was hanging on the back of, like, Charlie and Terry's bedroom door like that this poster poster? is hanging on the back of the door which i mean it's fine if you're like 10 years old and it's like new kids on the block like you have posters everywhere but if you're a girl that's an amp poster yeah but i'm saying so this and you're not a science teacher yeah i didn't tell you what the poster is yet oh Oh, i thought it was this and i know i haven't said it yet but this this (laughs) was i just showed them the picture of it this poster (laughs) Was a graphic <laughs> poster of the female anatomy. So half of this, sh- it's like half of it is a skeletal system, half of it is muscular system. But this this uh, has this figure has a full head of hair put up into a bun. A nice and bun. so it's a nice bun. And so you don't typically see this type of poster hanging. You know, in someone's house, much less their bedroom, you don't even see this type of poster hanging in like a doctor's office. Like you see full muscle, or, you know. It's so just, we think maybe he got off to that when they it's, were. It's it's just the deed. very, it's very strange. It's very weird. We'll post this picture because this is like one of the biggest things that the police were like. This is so weird and w- clearly. Listen, that's just as bad as. Them accepting Catherine Knight having knives above her bed. Yeah, listen. That shit ain't normal. This you don't have knives above your bed? No. Oh, I got this one. I only got one knife. <laughs> <laughs> well, currently this I have zero at my house. <laughs> you need to get you a knife. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
So once police see all these things, they also they also take a look into his internet search history. What was he searching? Um, let me tell you. Death fantasies, snuff films, necrophilia, and pictures of autopsy photos. Did he not use <sighs> So police Did he have a true crime Did like, he have a true crime cod podcast? Podcast? He had a true crime podcast, <laughs> yes. About cod. Cause I was like, <laughs> if I don't look at my search history, because it's like dildos that serial killers <laughs> use. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> toy yes. box killer toy box killer dildos <laughs> dildos with nails in them ah. dildos made a pvc pipe <laughs> <laughs> it's real bad i'm definitely gonna look real guilty if i get any crime you have an excuse though i guess i hope so i'll be like i didn't know anybody listen i heard this podcast for um, crime junkie she was so serious and like i was like all into it and then we're like talk about dildos and oh, the I baby know. being black I'm like this is bloody happy hour for you it's exactly <laughs> this is just bloody a little different hour. just a little different listen <laughs> we can't be too serious i mean we're talking no, about these awful crying. things i mean i don't cry but it's fine i sometimes i try so you're a serial killer who drinks black cherry trulies what does it cry um Listen, if you are just now finding out that I like something called black cherry, <laughs> we were never friends to begin with. I mean, it's really no surprise. I mean, <laughs> I like black and I like, mm. I actually don't like cherry. Yeah, like cherry Cherry's no. disgusting. No, I like strawberries. But anyway, police also <laughs> talked to Jim Graves, who this guy was, he's Wait, but sh hold on. She also likes white. Because I don't need every white guy to oh, think yeah, that you are yeah, not. Yeah, no, she's I, very yeah, equal she, opportunity. She accepts Absolutely. everybody. Yeah. Equal yeah. opportunity. Just yeah, nobody boner. coming for her. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's just nobody out there really just wanting to like, you know. And her friends is her damn hand. relationship makers. Yeah, this will be my new job, though. Like, I'll focus completely on well, you. Well, about time somebody does that. I mean, shit. <laughs> I'll just stay at home, do my damn puzzle. Her <laughs> puzzle. Spend all my time the looking up damn serial killers. That's why. But also because they're in jail. So. <laughs> Who's in jail? The people. You know. Oh, the people I want to date are in well, jail? Well, the one that you tried to date. <laughs> He's in jail. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I did not try to date him. He might have been part of a, a little yeah. sexting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the story. Jim Graves. He spent a lot of time with Charlie. But listen. He was married to Charlie's sister, Angela. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now Angela had confided in him that decades before, Charlie had shot their parents, killing their pregnant mother, because she thought it was important to let him know about part of this family history, and that like, she just thought it was important for him to know about it, right? Yeah. So Jim says, like, after getting to know Charlie, it seemed like whatever happened over the years, like, Charlie was fine now. Like, he's okay. But Jim regrets not paying more attention because eventually he and Angelo got divorced. And Charlie and him went out, you know, they went to go have a few beers. They'd been fishing all day. And they somehow got uh, started talking about revenge. And it was just, I'm, I don't know what the conversation, you know, it's just like revenge this. If you're dating somebody and you break up or you get divorced and you're like, oh, I'm going to like, 
wrap their house or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know. Screw their best friend. Yeah. 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 And so, She's you know. She's over here like, yes. No, I cannot. You're <laughs> he married. So. <laughs> you're going through a breakup. Also my friend. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, okay. But then whenever Charlie, all of a sudden Charlie's like, well, if you want to get the perfect revenge, you should kill somebody and cut their heart out and eat it. Oh, <laughs> what? And Jim, <laughs> I think Mike even flinched. <laughs> and, and Jim's like. Mike's like, Aaron tells me that all the time. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Jacob! Oh, <laughs> Memories. So. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have access to the button so bad. I don't even know. God. So uh, Jim is like, he's like, it kind of creeped me out, but, you know, I just wrote it off. Um, obviously, he was drinking away a lot. He wrote that this off. This is like Army Hammer. Oh, my gosh. Army stuff. Hammer. Oh, my Ooh, gosh. I told my cousin about that last night. That was. He's. And he's this disgusting. is exactly this like, is like Army, Army Hammer. Hammer. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. So Jim and Charlie, they like become like good friends, like best friends, right? So after he, Charlie said that to him, then Jim's yes. like, "Oh, yes. let's be because BFF. he was just like drunk, and he probably just didn't pay attention to it. He wrote I it off." I love how you give everybody the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I know. That's why if you had come to me and said revenge, eat their heart, I'd be like, "We're not friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, listen, Don't leave I'm, me. I'm not saying I agree. I'm just telling you the story. Okay, I'm just reading my notes. Jim and Charlie became best friends. Jim actually is the one who set up Charlie and Terry, and he oh. was the best man at their wedding. So he basically killed Terry. Yeah, he was involved in it. Don't tell it's Mary Lou. an accessory Lou. to murder. <laughs> so years later, Terry pulls Jim aside, and she's like, she's like, Don't I think be I'm. His friend. She's like, I think I'm gonna. So this is Terry. She tells Jim. Oh, Terry, wife. Okay. Okay. Wife says to Jim, she's like, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna call the sheriff on Charlie, and she's like. She said she came home early one day from work and Charlie was in their fish gutting room and he's. <laughs> oh, it is Florida. There's I Florida. Was like, wait, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so it's Florida, Florida, so that makes a little sense. And so, you know, it's like the small, like little utility room. So, like a mud room. Yeah. And so she says when she opened the door, Charlie is covered in blood and there's blood all in the sink. And Jim's like, oh, Terry. That's so normal. That's just a fish cleaning room. And Wait, do fish eh. have blood? And she said, so he said, that's normal. That's just a fish cleaning room. And there's always blood. And Terry's like, duh, Jim. I know. But there were no fish. Yes, <laughs> they do. Okay. And so she's like, listen, Jim. There was a girl that was killed not too far from us, and she was murdered and mutilated in a rowboat, and I'm worried that Charlie might have done it. What should I do? And Jim's response is, like, Terry, well, I was you know, with him. well, you know you really need to think about it because, you know, if you call police, this means, like, your marriage is over. This will end <laughs> your relationship. Good. So, <laughs> 
So she ends up saying nothing. Oh, God. I mean, listen, people, <laughs> let me just tell you, I've been naive before. I mean, but same. it is easier but to say, okay, don't worry about it. If you're right. talking about someone that you're in a relationship with and you don't want to believe that somebody like that you supposedly know so well and that you've committed your life to has committed this crime, especially that heinous, like you, you in your mind, obviously in your gut, in your heart, you know, but in your mind, you're telling yourself. Never. This There's is, absolutely no way. And this is why you should always assume people are killers and rapers, mm-hmm. rapists, mm-hmm. until they prove you otherwise. So that well, way, when 20 you years hear, ain't gonna prove you nothing. So even when you hear something like that, it's like, oh, I knew it already. Let me just call the cops. How old was this? How old was she? Do we know? It don't matter. Well, they were married Grown. for twenty years. Almost. I know, but if so she at was least like forty, if, if she was like young, maybe she was like, well. No, she wasn't like in her teens, so. And this probably happened teens, in the middle, like early. I mean, if he, she was several years younger than him, sometimes the younger people like make up excuses. It doesn't matter. Oh, well, I'm just saying. Listen, I'm I made up a lot of excuses. For no, a lot of I'm things, just saying so. I'm old and I've made up plenty of excuses. True. That, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Right. So. So wait a minute. Does anybody else think Jim's sketchy? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That was my next thought. Was why is he taking up for? Charlie well, so if you bitches much. would listen, I would tell you the rest of the Now, I'm sure that you're wondering if everyone, if anyone ever told Terry about Charlie's past before they got married. <gasps> I know. So, Jim said, Sketchy Jim, let's call him Sketch Jim. Jim said that he did have a conversation with Charlie and he was like, Hey man, like, hey bro, you need to tell you need to tell Terry about, you know, the thing. Wait, so how does Jim know though? Did Charlie Angela. Yeah. Oh, that's right, that's right. That's yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so Charlie is like uh, yeah, Jim's like, Hey man, did you tell did you tell Terry? Charlie's like, No, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to. And Jim's like, um, no, you have to tell her. And if you don't tell her, then I will. So he did say that. And so Charlie's like, okay, okay, I'll tell her. And then poof, surprise wedding. Surprise oh, wedding. So this is before they even got married. Yeah, yeah. She thought, okay, okay. So surprise wedding as she was pregnant. As or? meaning nobody in the family was invited. And so like mm. he it's almost like he was just trying to like do it real fast without before. having to like talk to her about everything. Like he had already, already like swept off her feet and blah, blah, blah. And let me lock you in. Yeah. Let me get you locked in. And like, you know, and it, so like none of the family's invited and Jim, Jim never brought it up again. He just assumed that like, okay, you know what happened? She knew when about you it. Assume. I know. Makes ass Man. out of you and me. Mm-hmm. So however, Jim said like, she always implied that she knew because after they got married, he went to visit them and he asked her or them if they were like going to have kids. But her response was considering everything. I don't think it's a good idea. So Jim took her response as meaning considering the thing that maybe the gene she, would be passed that or something. she knew yeah. like that's what. Jim was like saying, oh, obviously she knew because that was her response to the question. But like Terry's family swears up and down. There's absolutely no way that she could have known. She would have never gotten involved. She would have never married him. 
and she could not keep a secret. So then that was another thing they said is like mm. she would have never kept yeah. it to herself. Do you so, think Terry knew? Oh, yeah. 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 And that yeah. she just couldn't yeah. fathom. Yeah. 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 Mm. Totally. Yeah. I would have. I yeah. mean, I totally like, think so. Had they had an opportunity to break up, it might have would have came out later. Kind of like all Dirty Chad stuff, right? Yeah. But in the moment, you're not going to I mean, because there's face so, that. Absolutely. So do we think that, like, she found out after they got married? No. Well, listen, let me finish oh, the story. Okay. So now investigators pointed out that she had kept a diary, which was more like a daily log. It was this, the the writings of this diary were like, it was like my type of diary. Or like, this is what notebooks. they said. Probably. <laughs> this, is, this is what they said. Went fishing. Oh. Nice dinner. Nice dinner with Charlie. Boat ran out of gas. Buy steaks for dinner. I mean, this is bullet my points. <laughs> bullet <laughs> points. I'm all about those damn bullet points. <laughs> so they were like, there's few hints of anything that was ever wrong, but they did find a couple of interesting like notations and one that just said like weird day. And then there was this other one that they, it said like, Charlie was out all night. Charlie got home at 3 a.m. Which the, it never added anything to her. It, there was no explanations to these things, so you just have to wonder if, like, her last few moments, like, she didn't realize, like, her darkest suspicions were that she was right about him all along. Because let me tell you, I think the reason why she journaled wanna, is because she knew what he was capable of. You want to see my so she my like diary a that I have because you knew. Am I in your diary? No. Oh. It's not really a diary. It was just basically like documenting. I was documenting stuff about dirty my Chad? dirty Chad because oh, okay, okay. because there was a time that he was like he would be gone at like three a.m. Yeah. and he said he like woke up and I'm asleep because I have to get up at four, so I'm like dead asleep. And he like one morning was like, oh, I just got home. I was like out just, I went for a walk. I couldn't sleep and I went walking around the neighborhood and I looked up where he walked because I tracked him. And I was like, mm. you, you, he went and walked in this like sus neighborhood. Like it was close, but it was like, obviously what he did was go walk to like drug dealers, put houses and like do whatever you do. I don't yeah. know. He's, I don't know, but it was. Listen. So you're you understand Terry's the point was actions right now. If he's saying. out at three a.m. doing anything, no, don't yeah. believe him. So let me tell you a little bit about some related crimes. So after the 2004 deaths, police opened up this large scale investigation where they were positive that Charlie, because they were like Charlie had to have done this before. There's no way he could just have uh, Michelle be his first one. And it's so perfect and so precise and so meticulous, like he's had to have done this before. There's no way. So they start digging into cold cases, unsolved murders, and ultimately they, ultimately they linked him to 26 unsolved murders. Oh. But let me tell you, oh. so this goes back to like 1973. So these were cases with similar MOs. These victims had been decapitated and or the organs had been removed. And according to... Criminal profiler Leslie D'Ambrosia. Mm. There sounds legit. It's very I know. It sounds I like a really scene. familiar name. Yeah. It sounds like 
Um, She's going to look it up. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So she says there's no boilerplate for a profile. No, let me start that over. She said there's no boilerplate profile for a, quote, serial killer. It doesn't exist. It's all individual. It's based on a person's life experiences, and everyone has different life experiences. She adds that also how a person normally behaves is translated into how how they carry their crimes out. She said he's quite organized, he's planned in what he does, he's intelligent, he's very reliable, and he's very responsible. So the outside world would just see him as an ordinary guy, but Terry's diaries found in the house reflected that he had a very ordinary life. So we know that like Charlie's trademark was precision and methodical. Like that was his technique. And so although these investigators, like they got together to link up these other crimes, but there was no official list that was like created of the victims because they, they didn't connect them. They didn't connect them. They, they, have two that they have like officially linked him to. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you about these two. We have Sherry Parisho. So Parisho was found partially clothed. Her throat had been slashed. Her head had been nearly severed. And like Michelle, her body was extensively mutilated and her heart was removed. So she was the one who was found in the rowboat This is Uh the one near Charlie's house, the one who Terry had whenever she saw him in their little side room and he was like super bloody. This was the one. So it was back in uh, 1989 and this was the body was found less than a thousand feet from where they lived. You know what all this stems back to? A thousand feet. It's Disney with Snow White. And (laughs) the heart. The queen made the hunter cut out the heart of Snow White. Disney has wrecked people's lives. <laughs> it's all wrong. Oh. Who is she? Okay, so Sherry Pre-Show, she was found partially clothed. Her throat had been slashed. Her head had been nearly severed. Like Michelle, her body was extensively mutilated and her heart was removed. Did she so wear a she Secret? was found in the rowboat, which was the boat that was near Charlie's house, which was whenever Terry had found charlie in that side room with all that blood on him this was the murder that she had been going mm. that she went to ask jim about and she was referring to she's like this is the person that was murdered and jim said no, and no, jim no. was like no Don't so this was it. the one that was back in 1989 and she was found like less than a thousand feet from their house and charlie had matched a composite sketch of a man that had been seen crossing like u.s route one near where Paricio was discovered on the night she was murdered. So we'll post a picture of this composite sketch if we need to. But yeah. And so based on this evidence, the investigators determined that Brant killed Paricio and the, uh, they officially closed the case May 6, 2006. That's number one. The second one he was, uh, it was, they figured out he did was Darlene Toller and she was, uh, this was in 1995, okay? She was a sex worker in Miami, and she was missing, missing her heart and her head. So they were missing completely oh, from the scene. So along with, uh, along the highway, 
they found her. She was wrapped in a blanket, wrapped up in a plastic bag and tied almost like a package. And Brant, he had like Charlie had used the same highway regularly to like keep uh, mileage records. Like, I guess he traveled a lot and he would always, he was always so particular about everything. So Uh he kept mileage records of everywhere he went and it shows an entry in his records for this trip, which it was this, there was no other explanation for where he went. Like it had to be, this is where he went. Uh-huh. And so, cause and it, then motherfucker put it on his mileage. <laughs> went to kill somebody and he put it on mileage. He needed to expense it. <laughs> yep. But also, also on her body, on Darlene's body, police found dog hairs that were similar to dog hairs that were found in Charlie's truck. And Charlie and Terry did not have a dog, but Charlie had recently been helping out a friend and he'd been taking this friend's dog to the vet just to help out, and eventually they matched the DNA from the dog that the dog hair that was found on the body to the dog hair that was found in the truck, and they were like, "Oh, this person obviously had to have been in his truck," and so they found uh, a, they put it together that he yeah. killed her. So I'm almost done. The last among wow. these two murders, there are two more, but let me just tell you, I want to be clear that. These next two, they have not been connected to Charlie by law enforcement. So these came out of a book that was written about Charlie called The Invisible Killer. Ooh, did you read it? <laughs> no. Did you listen to it? No. no. <laughs> I just, I actually did. You it had real the back of the listen, cover. The, <laughs> the, 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 did you get cliff notes? <laughs> the book is called, it's, it's called The Invisible Killer, The Monster Behind the Mask. It had real bad reviews on Amazon, so I didn't. Oh. But I did read. I did look up a lot of stuff on. Like okay. I looked up a lot no, of Murderpedia. You have researched this story. Uh, Murderpedia, Wikipedia, all the shit. For there is a great forty-eight hours episode on this. Crime Junkie has on it. Rotten Mango has. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff on this. So I put it all together. So what this author from this book says is that these are the other two murders that they suspect Charlie is in uh, like uh responsible for Carol Sullivan who was 12 years old oh i know so she was abducted from a bus stop like she was like the first time she was ever going to go ride the bus and her mom's like get it girl oh, i know it's real sad well, nice. we're going to get through it so this is september 20th 1978 Okay. And he does it in September. I'm just getting through it. Her skull was found in a paint bucket, which led mm. authorities to presume that she was murdered and decapitated. So she was connected to Charlie because of the decapitation and also because Charlie did live in that same area at the time that she went missing. Wow. So they just kind of put that together. So then the final one that they think is connected to him is Lisa Saunders. She's 20 years old. Saunders was found lifeless in some bushes on the side of the road. She'd been beaten, stabbed, and she'd been dragged like 20 feet. Mm. Like, it's like they, somebody drag, drug her, like, a t- put her to the, tied her to the car and drug her. Oh God. In Big Pine Key in December of 1988, 10 years after Carol Sullivan. And according to documents, she was, listen to this, missing her heart, her brain, eyes, neck muscles, appendix, colon, vagina, (gasps) left fallopian tube, ovaries, bladder, thyroid 
thyroid gland and part of her lung. But the pathologist couldn't determine if this was all done by her attacker or if she had been like eaten by vultures. Now, although this doesn't exactly match his M.O. So the vagina was eaten by the vultures. Although the (laughs) M.O., like his, this doesn't exactly match his M.O., but the cuts were crude and careless. And, you know, he was very precise. But they were thinking that maybe this, since it was so early on, this could have been like signs Mm -hmm. of what was to come and that maybe he wasn't very well practiced. It's also Florida police, so they're probably just trying to close some (laughs) cases. So to finish, and we can finish with this, let me just finish by saying not much else has been said about these 26 deaths connected to Charlie. But what we know for sure is that women here in the U.S. and possibly women in the Bahamas, because, you know, he lived there Uh for a little bit and wherever he wherever else he lived, did suffer at the hands of Charlie Brandt. And as we know, he died in 2004. And sadly, we will likely never know the true number that Charlie left us with. And we're just only left to speculate. And our biggest question is why oh my god did he do it you know what dun, i dun, think dun. i think they did all 26 but i think jim helped him so where's Ooh, jim hey, we oh. need to be interviewing jim, jim. Didn't help him <laughs> he might have why is he hiding it what is what does he get out of hiding it he's not hiding anything but he's not like why is tell, he taking why it is, up for him and that's yeah sketchy. why is he taking it for him and why is he not going to the police and being like uh my ex-wife okay why sister, didn't his dad say anything or angela say anything well because that's a family thing oh okay but why is it that every father takes up for their child she angela was scared of him why she grown why did jim hide it Jim, Jim sketchy. Jim by getting in the book. Jim Charlie. did the sloppy ones and yeah, yeah. Jim mm-hmm. Brant. Listen, oh my God, that was such a good story. Did you yes. love it? It is one of my favorites. That's really I haven't heard good. it in a couple years. You did really good. I've never heard it. <sighs> oh my gosh, she was a virgin to Charlie Brant. Yeah. You, how are your that virgin years? <laughs> are your cherries popped? Yep, like, like you're my black fully. Cherries are popped. Your black cherries are popped. Your red mulch is popped. Can you come back Pineapple. when I don't tell the story so yeah, I can like I will fucking be here drink? Probably not every week, but like, uh, come back as much as possible. Is Tiffany gonna be so jealous? Yep. But I was jealous of her. So. I know. Oh, uh, yeah. Tiffany was our DA. Yeah. AD, or, I mean, our lawyer that came on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was. And her and Marianne are really good friends. Oh, yeah. okay. So this is awesome. We need to have more guests. And I love that we were brought drinks. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel famous. Guess what, y'all? Bloodies. I need y'all to send us your bloody stories. It don't have to be personal. Send us ones that you want us to eventually cover. So your favorite killer stories. That doesn't mean put them in our damn Facebook inbox because we'll forget about those. <laughs> Email us. We'll both check She's those. literally the only one who wants to be emailed. I'm like, inbox me. DM me. It gets you just lost. want somebody in your DMs. It don't get lost in my DMs. It's lost. I ain't got nobody Caroline in my DMs. Caroline okay. has me in her DMs and no one else. You should <laughs> d- 
DM, but CC to my email <laughs> <laughs> to bloodyhappyhour at gmail.com. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Bloody Happy Hour and on Facebook at Bloody Happy Hour Podcast. For more information about the podcast, merch, or to join our bloody gang, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter because that's where we will post all the things until we get our lovely website up and created. So also don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And what else? Uh, Uh, Don't forget to stay aware, stay alive, and always be BTM. Later. Bye. Bye. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.